This is another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer with Baptist Memorial Healthcare. Hey, everybody. I'm HF Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital, DeSoto. And hey, everyone. I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. Well, today we are so incredibly excited to have Joe Gagnon, an amazing leader and someone I think that has embodied continuous improvement. Joe, if you would, tell us about your background. Uh, There's a lot there, both entrepreneurship as well as uh, author, as well as uh, some of your activities around running. Tell us a little bit about you, if you would. Sure. Skip, thanks to you in the group here uh, for including me. I'm very honored to be here. You know, I always like to sort of tell people uh, that, you know, I spent a lot of my life growing up in the Bronx. And so therefore I, you know, Bronx, New York, that is, you know, so I don't have too much fancy in me, just, um, you know, a kid who learned how to survive. And then I turned that into how to thrive over time. Um, you know, early career was just, you know, smart guy working hard had a good opportunity. I joined Ernst & Young. I made partner there, which was a shock to me that I would be able to get to that level um, and had a lot of success early in my life as sort of a white collar worker, but realized somewhere around the age of 40 that, you know, that couldn't be the end of the story because like, what are we going to do for the next 50 years? You know, you weren't going to just sort of just keep on working and so I realized that I needed to um, put myself on my own improvement plan. And at that time, actually, as I think you found out, Skip, I started writing down what I've done every day now for the past 21 years uh, in terms of an accountability model. Because like in the beginning, you know, I might do something three days a week and then it got to four and then five and six and seven days. And then I'd say, oh, I wonder if I could take on this goal the next year and you know, so little by little, my business career continued to develop. I started a couple of companies. I became a CEO of some software companies. That was fun and exciting. I realized, though, along the way that a strong body carried a strong mind. So I started exercising every day, at least an hour a day. I often tell people that, you know, there's three things almost every human does, which is you eat, you sleep, and you brush your teeth. So if we convinced you to brush your teeth, we can convince you to exercise because you know, the exercise is is this sort of like uh, fuel that's inside you that's never spent if not used. And so, you know, so I would just like, I like counting. And so, you know, one year I'd say, I wonder if I could exercise 365 days in a row. And then after you do that, I wonder if I could exercise two times in a day. And I wonder if I could run 4,000 miles or ride my bike 15,000 miles, or I just kept on adding and then the system the thing i was surprised at that with the load never overdid the system the system evolved to take on the load because i did it incrementally i always tell people look yeah 10 years yeah 20 years like to whatever you want to accomplish there's no rush like the first iron man race when i was 45 i said i want to do it by the time i was 50 and you know five years pretty much any human can go do an iron man which is you know you swim 2.4 miles then you bike 112 and then you run a marathon, which sounds ridiculous, but it was ridiculous to me. And, and then I started finding out that, okay, that was that dimension. Then I started writing. I started blogging eight and a half years ago. I've blogged 3,300 days in a row. I haven't missed a day of writing. 
um, you know, then I wrote this book. And partially the reason I wrote a book called Living the High Performance Life was I wish I had the book like earlier. You know, it's got some questions and it's got some worksheets and it's got some stories because it was comforting for me to be able to see how this evolved. And so, and then I went and said, you know, I'm not going to be able to climb Mount Everest, even though I would love to, because partially because I'm a little bit of a workaholic still and I couldn't take three months off and go there. So I decided to construct my own challenge. I ran a marathon on six continents on six days in a row, you know, from Sydney to Singapore to Johannesburg to London to Sao Paulo and to Los Angeles. And, you know, for as crazy as it was, I had sort of worked my way up to be ready for that. And then recently created a podcast. We're up to episode 74, just like you guys are doing, meeting and talking to amazing humans. And, you know, and it's sort of like, no end in sight. And I just sort of before I open for whatever you guys want to ask, but like, I don't like the concept of age. Like it just bothers me because it sort of creates um, barriers in how you think. So I'm 61 years old, but I really feel 35. Honestly, that's where I aged out. Like I didn't, I didn't continue on to what that might mean. So, you know, I was on a 15 mile trail run with my nephew this weekend who's 35 and we were partnering up and you know mile 14 I fell and skinned my knee and got banged up and we got back up and kept going and someone later said to me what was that like I said well I'm not really afraid of that like that doesn't like I'm resilient at a very deep level because I've built all this power but that's what I believe in so deeply is we all have so much power inside us the question is are you going to tap into that or not just give yourself time and you can do anything you want. Wow. Well, Joe, I mean, what an amazing story. Uh, you know, Jake and I are runners and, and uh, Skip is, is very active and fit. I don't, I don't know about running. What He's a professional it? wrestler is, is what he is. Go. Do, do you, uh, are you an ultra runner now? Or are you, are you yeah. doing, are you doing, so I ran tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I th- ran 35 road marathons, and then I got sort of a little bit bored, and I did these six Ironman races, and then I started doing ultra marathons, which by definition were <laughs> anything longer than a marathon. So yeah. 50K, which is 31 miles, 50 miles, 100K, 62 miles, 100 miles, 200 miles. Just sort of keep on setting these new goals. So I've done about 45 of those ultra marathons, um, some of them multi-day events, some of them running around a track for 24 hours. You know, I think that the that all seemed foreign to me, honestly. You know, like I could tell the story now and everyone's like, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, I like, all right. So I didn't throw in the middle of this that, you know, 15 years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol because it was getting in the way of my performance. I haven't missed it at all. Like, wow, I'm so happy. I stopped mm-hmm. eating meat because it was harder for me to perform at the level I wanted to, some plant-based. These were things as an Italian kid growing up at the Bronx would be impossible to imagine, literally impossible. Because everyone says to me, oh, well, you know. I'm like, no, there's no, you know, it's like just what you want to do. I'm telling you that the system that we get to run, this human body, this consciousness has so much power. And it doesn't matter, that's why I go back. You know, my first job was in McDonald's. I was bullied as a young kid. I didn't have any privilege. My dad was a social worker. My mother was a school teacher. We didn't start off with any blue blood in our body here. This was just hard work and application of the system. 
And I'm not trying to like turn this into a robot. I'm just saying like this incredible power that we have. So yeah, when you say run 100 miles or 200 miles or whatever it might be, you have to work your way into that. But that's the fun. Like it's the journey. This is what I write about every day. It's the journey that we get on. It's being principled. It's challenging yourself. Really, the accountability model is just to yourself. I'll, I'll tell you one of the quick part of how I feel about this. Like, so I've liked to do push-ups every day, pretty much my whole life. And I end the day with 100 push-ups. And often I'll have an argument with myself. Oh, you could get to bed sooner. You did them yesterday. You could do them tomorrow. You don't really need to. And I'm like, those are really weak arguments. Like, come on. You know, if you're going to come up with something better than that, like maybe you have a broken arm or otherwise, <laughs> like, come on. Just, you're just letting yourself down. Like, why would you do that? Like, this isn't about even having to tell anyone. It's only you with you. If you start to believe in yourself like that, that's when the rest of the world sort of conspires alongside you to do great things. That's that's so amazing because Skip and I were talking about push-ups actually this morning as we were driving into uh, as we as I was driving into work. That, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, go go ahead, Jake. Yeah. So you know this podcast is is obviously about continuous improvement, and a lot of us. A lot of us runners can oftentimes get in a rut. We'll, we'll run the same distances. We'll run the same pace for years and years on end. Uh, how do you approach kind of your improvement when it comes to running? Yeah, I think that every day is a gift. And so, like, I really don't get bored. You know, like, for 10 years, I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day for lunch. And every morning, I'd be like, oh, my God, I get to have peanut butter and jelly for lunch today. That's so cool. It's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> because like why wouldn't it be you know like i think boredom is the brain believing there's futility in life and it's not connected with a set of goals but if there's goals there's going to be some moments where it's harder but that's what we got to reach into want to feel like when i started the six continent challenge i wrote myself one note and all i said was that the lows will be the highs i'll say it again the lows will be the highs i went out seeking to feel bad because I wanted to know how I would respond to that moment. Truth is, I never felt bad that week because I did it for the context for, you know, oh, this is what I'm here to do. And so I sort of try and take joy in the opportunity to go run in the rain when it's freezing cold or to take on other challenges. During the pandemic, you know, I decided that I was stuck in the house. I had a treadmill there. I was going to run 10 miles a day whether you're going to break it up five and five. And I did it for 540 straight days. I ran 10 miles a day and I did hundred pull-ups and hundred push-ups. And it was a battle against my mind as much the body. Yeah, fine. It responds well. But when I started to get bored, I would start to then put other sort of like interesting, like, oh, okay, maybe run around the house instead of just on the treadmill, like take ownership and don't let sort of the, the lack of dopamine receptors working in our behalf as a motivator, you know, sort of trigger that yourself with making it exciting. Yeah, you know, there are a couple of things that you that you mentioned that that really resonated with me. And and the first was that, you know, the people who say, oh, I could never do that. And, you know, I haven't run. I think I've run eight or nine marathons. And nice. and when you when you tell somebody that you're going to run a marathon, they say, Oh, I can never do that. And, and 
you know, I say to them, yes, you can, you know, you can, uh, you know, you just have to, it's just like the old saying, how do you eat a big old elephant? Well, you eat it one bite at a time and you just have to get out there and, and do it. And you might not be able to do run a marathon next week, but a year from now, you know, if you set a realistic goal, you certainly can. And the second thing is that, and th- this is some, this is a place where I struggled is it sounds like you really enjoy the process, mm. uh, uh, you know, the, the daily grind. And that, that's where I, I, I had a difficult time was, you know, I would always had a goal of, okay, I want to, I want to qualify for Boston or I want to do this or I want to beat my time last year. And, and I never really enjoyed the training process. And it wasn't until I finally started, you know, running for fun, not trying to run a time that I really, I really enjoyed the process. And I, and I think that's so important is to, to not stop and smell the roses, you know, while you're, while you're trying to reach your goal. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. I think that the, the, and some people use the word agency, meaning that you get to decide on your behalf, what you want to do. Um, we can't be victims to the way that the world sometimes wants us to feel. We have to be sort of creators with the lives that we have. And so that is like, we all need that sort of moment of aha, which is, okay, whatever is going to happen is up to me. Like I'm not dependent on anyone else. And then life just does get easier. You know, actually writing every day sometimes is harder than going out to run every day because I have to set myself down, put myself in a good mental place, figure out what I would want to read because that's what I want to write. But every time I do this, I know that I'm sort of developing myself even further than I would have ever developed. But it's like you all want a lottery ticket, but you got a lottery ticket. It's you. Like you already won. Like what are you trying to win? Something else. We should just try and win our lives. And I think it takes some time. It takes some community. Sometimes it's hanging out with people who are like you or might be inspiring. Uh, but like, why wouldn't you want more if, you know, that's sort of the human system works that way. So sure. don't, like, I always think of this like creator versus consumer. I don't think it's bad to be a consumer, but in some part of your life, you need to be a creator. What did you build? Okay, well, I had some kids. I helped them develop. That's awesome, right? You helped others. What did you do for yourself during that period of time? Like put the same energy into yourself as you did into your work, into your children, into any other project. Because when you're not good, none of the other stuff is good. You know, so you know, one of the things that's, that's pretty noticeable about you is, is your, your positive attitude and positive energy. Um, but I, I would have to imagine that as somebody that's done this many races, that you've had some setbacks. Uh, most runners will get injured at, or athletes will get injured at some point in their career. Um, myself, you know, I've only run three marathons, but I was uh, training for my fourth before I just got injured a, about a month ago. Um, uh, how do you deal with setbacks and what can you do to to overcome those? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think that setbacks are just all part of sort of the journey, you know, so it's not as if everything is up into the right every day. There's a trend line that moves up into the right. And in, there are moments, there are sad moments, there are moments of pain. You know, I was in an Ironman race and I had a bike crash and broke a couple ribs and I broke my kneecap and 
I somehow got back up on the bike and continued on and and then, you know, sort of struggled my way through the marathon uh, just because I just am afraid of quitting. You know, I just don't like what that says to me myself. Now, there are some times where rest is okay, like that's a good idea, but but I don't think that what we can do is manufacture a set of excuses. I'm not saying, you know, for any second, Jake, that you have excuses, but I think sometimes we we construct sort of reasons not to because we're afraid of, you know, a little bit of struggle, a little bit of pain, but, you know, to get to levels of success, we got to push our system, right? It's got to, it will evolve and develop. Like I used to have really bad knees. And so for years I worked on strengthening my quadriceps so that I could take that pain more. You know, sometimes there's natural supplements like you could take that will help, you know, with uh, anything from circulation through to just the way the system works, what you put inside yourself, getting the right amount of rest, you know, not carrying a lot of stress in your life. You know, there's a lot of things we can actively do that allows us to um, to work through those moments. And, you know, like, so if you're hurt right now, one of the things I might suggest is get on a stationary bike and stay fit and just keep you working your cardio, because almost every time I've ever seen any runner's injury, you can get on a stationary bike and put in miles. So you're not losing your fitness. You might be losing a little bit of speed, you know, but there are ways to stay and active even when it doesn't feel so good because that will then let your body heal. Then you'll be ready to go and be like, oh, wow, look at that. I solved my problem. Joe, I, I've got to ask this question. So we we talk a lot about experimentation. We encourage it, we promote it. And to be perfectly honest, uh, uh, I even practice it on myself, on exercise things. And it's as simple as this. We're gonna do something and we expect something to happen as a result of doing that, something very specific. Many times something different happens and then we get to learn and pivot and then figure out what our next experiment is. When you think about your life of improvement, whether that be writing every day or journaling every day, logging, whether that be running, how do you think about experimentation on the system? Um, how do you think about experimentation? Yeah, I think that uh, back to resiliency, the body and the mind are extremely resilient and they like sort of to, you know, like create confusion so we have to adapt i think it's really good it's like why trail running is so interesting versus running on the road like your brain is really working hard like figuring out where your feet go you know your micro muscles are trying to stabilize yourself you are you know going up and down and so destabilizing and experimentation are really good for the system now sometimes you might want to do it in a you know, a more protected environment. Like if you wanted to learn how to swim, maybe I wouldn't jump in a lake and I would go in a pool that's four feet, you know, deep or, you know, some cold water therapy or, you know, heat training. There's all of these that under the right circumstances, the body and the mind will be like, oh, okay, that's different. Now, what do I do? How do I adapt? And I think that that's what is so exciting. Like I like living somewhat in a ready state, meaning like, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, a friend said, hey, the Boulder Marathon's running, you know, could you be a pacer? And I hadn't been training for a marathon. I'm like, yeah, sure. 
So within 10 days, I was out there and pacing people in a marathon. But it's all about that resiliency that was created through trying different activities. And so, you know, I also don't, like there is stuff that's called danger. Like we should stay away from that. Okay, like, you know, putting your hand in a fire, that's danger, we understand that. But the rest of it, we sort of talk ourselves out of it through fear. And I think fear is the lack of our system's ability to effectively respond to all of the stimulation, but you can train yourself into that. Jump out of an airplane, you know, or do any of these things. So yeah, I love experimentation because, you know, if, if nothing else, uh, I have such a belief that I will never find the limit of the system that I have. I just won't. It's, it's not even possible. I don't have enough time or anything <laughs> for that matter, you know? So you gotta do that. And it's like so exciting. Like, I mean, imagine, so I've been to all 50 states. I've been to 45 countries. I've tried, you know, before I stopped eating meat, I've tried sort of pretty much everything you could ever eat. Like it was just <laughs> like, I would go back to this whole thing. Like if you were to win the lottery, like you would go and do something with the money you won, but you already got this lottery called the Joe Gagnon system. Like go use it the same way you would use that money. Like why is there some limitation you would put on yourself? only time but we all got plenty of time oh yeah you know the uh the name of this podcast is connecting the dots and and one of the things that we we talk about a lot is is our mindset and, and we like to say and we didn't make this up but you know your your mindset drives your behaviors and your behaviors drive your results so mm -hmm. you know if you want to get results, you need to get your mind right. And it sounds like that that's from what I'm hearing for you, that's, that's 90% uh, of the game is getting, getting your mindset right about what you're going to do. Yeah. That's what you have. I mean, and, and I'll go back to, I had moments that were as dark as anyone would have had, you know, like it wasn't fun to be made fun of when I worked at McDonald's when I was 16, you know, I had a, squeaky voice sounded like a girl people would call me mini mouse they would make me want to cry you know but i'm like but darn it you're not going to win i'm just not going to let you control me and we go through all these times you know sometimes you're not in the click like i adapted this sort of mindset which is if you want to go to a party then have one like don't wait to be invited in life you know if you want to explore then go do that like the there is no bound really and so once you figure that out, then, you know, still work and effort or whatever that means. But I think that the other part of mindset would be to hang out with people who or learn from people who have, you know, been on the journey ahead of you, you know, and find good role models. We talk about, you know, you become the result of the five best people you hang out with. So don't hang out with the wrong crowds. And, and if you find someone who just keeps being negative to you, then just sort of distance yourself. There's sometimes where I think, sadly, that the less people you talk to, the better your life is, because you're not just <laughs> like losing all this energy defending a position. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not part of a broader community and not helping people, but I don't want to take their negative energy and make it mine. If that's their choice, I'm sorry for them. If they want help, I will help them, but no one's going to pull me down. Why would I allow that to be? This is like me. Like, I don't need anything else then. I was going to so, ask you uh, about a uh, 
about a particular race to see if you've heard of it. And I can't remember if it's in Tennessee or Arkansas, but it, it's a race where it's almost a five mile loop, maybe maybe four miles and change. And you start on the hour yeah. and you have to finish within that hour. And then when that hour ends, you start all over again. And it and it goes and goes and goes until the last man standing. And if you haven't done it, I, I you know, I say I, I would definitely put my money on you if, uh, was, if you run uh, it. Yeah, it's in Bellbuckle, Tennessee, uh, Big's Backyard. It just ran about a month ago. I was actually supporting a friend of mine who was trying to win. Um, I've done, when there was the pandemic, I did a virtual version on the treadmill. Uh, it is a great sort of test of your will because you don't know, you know, when the last person before you is going to stop and then you stop afterwards. And uh, it is like back to this, like, which will fail first, the body or the mind. And, you know, I've been doing, I'm, I'm not smart like you guys, so I try to learn all the time, you know, but there are a lot of sort of neurological systems that are working in our advantage if we understand how, you know, the dopamine neuromodulator works or serotonin or, you know, oxytocin, all these things that actually do affect our behaviors if we at least sort of think about them. What does temperature do to us? You know, what does food do to us? And, there, there's usually a somewhat causal effect to a lot of this. The choices you make do affect sort of the outcomes you can create. And so, uh, oh, you know, the other thing, Skip, that I experimented with a long time, you know, there's a long held fast idea that you have to sleep a certain amount of hours, you know. And so I tried to see how little you could sleep and still be functional. And because, you know, there's only 168 hours in a week and I wanted to use as many of them as I could. And so... You know, I couldn't tell you a single TV show on Netflix, but I could certainly tell you about the cracks in the road or what it looks like to run it, you know, four in the morning. Uh, and, 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 you know, and then like, oh, well, maybe I could sleep a little more. And, you know, and I think I'm up to like five and a half, maybe almost six hours of sleep now. So I'm like really sleeping in. But yeah, I, I played with that, but I gave myself a long horizon. It used to be seven and a half, and I went to seven, then to six and a half, then to six, then to five and a half, to five down to four and a half, and I started to see the edges fray. Like I started to see, okay, get down to four hours and it's hard to hold it together. And so these are the things that, then that system like, oh, okay, I understand how it works. Now I can, you know, do something with that. Interesting. So, you know, yeah, I mean, just in, a, in addition to, to running and, and exercising, you've been CEO of several companies and, and taken over uh, from several founders um, based yeah. on, on your bio. Can you tell us about how the mindset that you use towards, you know, these endurance sports and, and just kind of this positive attitude uh, and continuous improvement? How do you bring that to new companies that you become CEO of? Yeah, that's a great question, because I think that um, it happened after I built the resiliency in my system, because it is a bit of a burden when you have to come in and take over because there is this like, oh, but you're not the founder. Like, what are you doing here? And so there are people who are actually really aren't that excited that you're there. Uh, so you have to create a vision for everyone to connect to. And that's sort of the first step of that, which is the same vision I created for my own life, I create for the people in the company. And I think people like that. They like to feel like they're part of something. You know, it's very personal in the beginning. It's getting to know as many people as you can, connecting to them, getting them to understand that you care about their family. Because really, at the end of the day, the only reason we work is to get paid. I mean, I know with some altruistic kind of parts of it too, but for the most part, I want to protect you and your family. 
and that my interests are really your interests. I'm a servant leader. You know, I know a lot of people say that, but really at the end of the day, my hope is that everyone has a phenomenal life in that setting. And that's why I'm there is to continue the dream and the vision. Like we wouldn't run a relay race with one person and think we would ever win. And I think in companies, there are stages where different skill sets are required. And I think I'm a good operator. I'm a good seller. And so I can go help take that company to the next level. But it is a lot about getting people aligned around the common vision um, and then sort of proving to them that really, in fact, you're there for their benefit. You know, because at the end of the day, um, what I realized is that it doesn't need to be my way. You know, it just needs to be our way. And once you start to be a good listener, tell people how you're going to support them, show them a vision, they'll usually come with you on the journey and put in the effort that you need to go make that happen. Uh, but there is a burden that comes with it. It's the heaviest burden I've ever carried, which is the responsibility for all of those lives. And uh, you give up a lot for that. You really do. It, it sucks a lot of that life out of you because it's like you don't want ever to let people down. Like, man, if I'm asked, if you ask me to show up tomorrow to do something, I'm just not going to let you down. I'm going to be there no matter what. And so that part has been what I didn't expect that fully. But I, you know, my dad, I'm so blessed. He's still alive. He's 92 years old and a social worker and uh, just so like, like the most values guy I've ever met. And he just, you know, always convinced us that here we were to serve. And that CEO job, if that's what you ever do, that's a servant job, really, at the end of the day. I know you guys are sort of in a similar kind of role, right? As a doctor, that's what you're there to do. Like, it's not for your own benefit. Like, you're doing this for the benefit of the patients and the people and the community. And I don't think that every time we realize that, that if we all took that to what we did in life, it would be a better place. Joe, when, in continuous improvement, we like we also like to say is what we you know if we don't measure something, we we can improve improve it. And you know, Skip mentioned your your Excel spreadsheet that that you've had going forever and ever and ever. And I'd be interested to know how many you know how many rows that thing has. But how how important is that for you? to put it down on paper uh, to, to motivate you or to continue on or, you, you know, how, how, how. That was how, literally the game changer in the beginning. Like when I started looking at that spreadsheet and if there were days it was, I was going to fill something in, I was just like, Oh my God, I failed today. You know, like, because I have all this capacity and it's not being used. So like, where's it going? Like imagine that like, the reason I stopped the 540 days of running in a row was because I was doing an adventure race and it just was circumstance. Um, but like if I had sat down and did nothing that next day, you'd be like, like, isn't that energy still in me? Like if I could do it for 540 days, couldn't I do it for 541? Like, so, so the spreadsheet truly became the accountability model. And really for the most part over this past 21 years, very few people even know that I do this. Like it's not, it's only for me to then say, oh, well, so now the last day that I took off of exercising was in 2012. <laughs> so for nine plus years, I've exercised an hour a day. And literally, you know, like 
minimal. You had a lot of reasons I didn't need to. Like I've flown 4 million miles around the world through my business career. You know, I, I got off a plane one time. I got to Japan at 1030 at night. And I was like going to the hotel. I'm like, I got an hour and a half left before I go to bed. So I better. So I ran around the Imperial Palace that night because, you know, that's what I do every day. I didn't even let that be a reason not to. So, but without that spreadsheet, you know, or the accountability to yourself, it would, it's just too easy to sort of like let the rest of life take over. And look, I still believe this. Like, so 168 hours in a week, 24 hours in a day. One of the worksheets in my book is please fill that out for yourself and see if you feel good about how you're using that time every week. And if you do, amen, good mm. luck, enjoy your life. And if you don't, then start changing it because that's the only currency you have. And if you want that to be something that really gets you somewhere that you should then start keeping yourself accountable to that. Well, well Joe, this has been great. I wish I didn't have to bring us to an end, but before I do bring us to an end, please tell our audience, uh, that your blog, your name of your book, and your podcast, if they want to connect with you. Sure. The the book is called Living the High Performance Life. You can buy it on Amazon. It's the easiest read in the world. Um, it's because it's not very complicated. It's very straightforward. Um, the highperformancelife.net is where the blog is. You can sign up. If you put your email in, you'll get a daily email from me. And I sort of promise you I won't let you down. I have no idea when the end of that'll be. Maybe one of the day it'll sort of be obvious to me, but after 3,300 days in a row, I'm not sure it'll happen anytime soon. And then the podcast is called Chasing Tomorrow. I've always loved to say on stage that, you know, come chase tomorrow with me, you know, because that's sort of what I feel every day. You know, that I know we say it sounds trite, you know, tomorrow will be better than today, but that really is a choice. Um, you know, I just hope for all of, your listeners and all of your community, that everyone realizes that, you know, they have the same power that I have to go accomplish and deliver on the life that they want to for themselves, for their families, for their community. And, um, you know, if you want some support, I'm out here to do it. I'm sure you guys would support people. If you're a little bit afraid, we're here to help. And uh, I just wish you all the best and hope you have the same beautiful life that I've had. Joe, thank you so much on the behalf of Baptist Memorial Healthcare. This has been amazing, and I will remember this conversation for some time. Thank you so much, my friend. You're Thanks welcome. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thank you.